podcast where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up, we're another episode of CTC Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, and we're coming to you live, man. I'm coming to you live this time. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. I'm pretty sure Dom Joe's in Philly. Dom Joe, what up? Hey, you know where I'm at, man. Philly, all day, every day. How's everybody doing? Maximilian coming to you live from Oakland, California. What up, Max? What's up, everybody? Coming to you from the West Coast. Nice and sunny outside. Hope you all have a blessed Sunday, as always. Just from a different side of the state. That's all. Country, I'm here. <laughs> we have a special guest today. We have, a, we have, the, we have our first uh, Marvel character. Is it Superman the Marvel character? <laughs> yeah, we got our first. DC Comics. Oh, all right. All right. DC Comics characters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Superman. There you go. Superman is officially in the building. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Perry Jones, man, legendary University of football, Virginia football player, 757 legend, Oscar Smith, legend. Um, I mean, I mean, I can, that can list goes on and on, man. We go, we go, we officially welcome Perry Jones to the mic. What's up, Perry? Hey, man, appreciate y'all for having me on, man. Good to hear y'all boys voice again. For sure, for sure. Perry, man, so, um, before we get started on this podcast, man, we already heard a little bit of the backstory about what's going on. But your boy, first of all, Perry, everybody know Perry is running back for the University of Virginia. Maximilian is a running back for the University of Virginia. So they got a they got a tight bond in the running backs room. And um Oh yeah, we close knit you know, back there, baby. There's some issues going on with a fellow running back on the business side of things. He's having a little pushback. He's in the midst of the fire right now. And Dom Joe's been critiquing him kinda heavily. So I had a question for you, uh, Perry Jones. Um, if you was managing and operating properties in the Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, and things was getting a little hot in the kitchen, smoke was starting to rise a little bit. You staying in the smoke and you fighting the smoke in the smoke, or you fighting outside the smoke? Where you going? Where you going, P. Jones? <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so th- like, so th- like literal smoke. Like things are getting tough over there in Charlottesville. You know what I'm saying? People's on people's on Max's head. And, um, you know, they're having a little issues over there. And, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. one person's calling after the next. They sent their lawyers is writing letters. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> their, lawyers, they, their lawyers is writing letters and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, just the, the smoke is starting to rise. And you know what? Uh-huh. And Max decided that he was going to, you know, go get some rest. You know what I'm saying? Rest up a little bit. Get out of the smoke for a little bit. Clear his lungs. And then he's going to come back and dive back into the smoke. Max, when you get back. Hey, look, I'm not taking a rest. I had, I'm going when to, you I'm get, to When do you get back, Max? Girlfriend. When do you get back? You're messing up my story. I'm back on, I'm back on Wednesday morning, baby. All right, we're going to jump back into the smoke on Wednesday morning and keep and get back into the fight. <laughs> now, I want to know, Pete Jones. Pete Jones, are you going to stay in the fight What's or are you going to go out, outside the fight and rest for a little bit and then come back into the fight? Where, how how Pete Jones built on oh, that? Because, it, because if you leave and then come back, it might be bigger than before you left. So, you know, might as well put it out while you're in there. All right, that's what I, that's what I figured Superman would say. Um, so you know what I'm saying? Uh, we're gonna have to have P. Jones talk to my man Max uh, in the running backs. You know the running backs room. You know what I'm saying? The running backs have a different connection. You might gotta talk off 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 podcast. Like, hey, bro, you can't be running away from the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, man, All right. 
Well, let me ask you a question, Perry. So, Perry, you, uh-huh. you're married and you have a kid. You're, you know, you, you're definitely a lot farther along than I am. But all I'm saying is, so, Perry, you know, you're saying there's a little bit of smoke. You got people that you hired to go fight the smoke. You go fight it from afar. Would you rather have that smoke that you fight from afar and then you with your girl, or would you rather fight that smoke head on and then fight your girl smoke from afar? Ooh. See, uh, I mean, I, like you said, we in, like, two different positions. Like, I'm actually, you know, I'm married. Correct. Uh, oh, so that 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 got to come. If you was dating her, they got to come. Hey, man. I'm looking to get married. I ain't going to say no, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to say no, Just, 
I think I was kind of different than a lot of my friends because even at an early age, I knew where I wanted to be football-wise. Um, and I worked at an early age to, to, to make that happen. Um, I was always kind of undersized, but, you know, I never let that stop me. Uh, so I kind of, you know, I played at Oscar Smith in Chesapeake. And if anybody know anything about Oscar Smith, it's a big powerhouse. Um, I played with the number one quarterback in the country at the time. Um, uh, we had a linebacker who went to Tennessee for uh, four D1 receivers. So the team was stacked. And I was, I, a lot of times I was kind of overlooked. Um, I had Virginia Tech came in and told me to my face. He called me out of class, called me into the coach's office and said, you're too small. You got the best film in the state, but you're too small to play for us. And I'm like, well, why would you call me out of class and tell me that? Like, you could have just kept that to yourself. So that's always kind of been my hindrance. Um, I was out of position. I was a middle linebacker at 5'7", 170 pounds. Um, but big, I just that's, kinda, big volume. that's big volumes right there. You know what I'm saying? That's big yeah, yeah. volumes right there. The type, of, the type of dude we talking yeah. to right now. We, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, ain't talking, we talking to a guy that ain't going to run from the smoke. I tell you that. That's why I already knew what the answer was. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, go ahead and keep it going, P. Joe. So, yeah, I mean, I was, again, I was overlooked, but, and I knew I had to kind of, you know, make up for, I didn't pass the eye test. He wasn't going to look at me and say, that's a, you know, that's a legit D1 football player right there. So I just kind of let my, my actions on the field do the talking. So I was out there to, <laughs> to take your face off like every every play I got and you know a lot of a lot of the stuff that I was doing back then it probably is not even legal anymore um so I mean fortunately somebody you know I had a couple of schools come in my head coach really pushing me to get uh to get a scholarship offer um I don't know if y'all remember coach Bob Pruitt um yep. he came in looked at my cell yep. and he threw it yep yeah coach Bob Pruitt yeah, UVA historian that was my guy. Um, he luckily, he didn't, even, he didn't even coach when, you know, by the time I got there, I guess his, his wife had some health complications, so he decided to kind of step away from football. Um, but he really believed in me, and a, a lot of the coaches at, you know, at Virginia, they believed in me and gave me opportunity. And I, ironically, I got my, my – UVA was my first one. My second scholarship office was Richmond while Coach London was at Richmond, and he ended up coming to uh, UVA uh, after that. And then – you know, once I just stepped on the campus again, I just I won't back it down for nobody, and I just came in, just you know, ready to go. So I mean, then the rest is history after that. There you go. You heard it from the horse's mouth right there. So one of one of the the things that really stood out to me is the fact of you seem like you had a chip on your shoulder. Would you say mm-hmm. that was um, one of your driving factors to? Work as hard as you work, because if you talk about working hard, not too many people are working. Perry Jones. So, what 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 does that come from? Does that come from the undersized? Does that come from being overlooked, or is it a little bit of everything? Honestly, I I I can't even put it on that. It's just again, it's just something in me, like that. All just just said, like you have to be better. Like I it, I don't think it would have mattered if I was, you know six foot uh 215 pounds it probably would have been the same so i can't even contribute you know a lot of people say well you know i had a chip on my shoulder they said i was too small like that didn't save me because it didn't matter to me i was just going to work as as hard as i could until my you know until i just couldn't work anymore um again that's just something that i take with me every every single day of my life you know it's always room to get better at something um, so that's just kind of my motto, and that's just how I approach things. 
that's facts right there. Always proven to get better somewhere. Um, yeah. So, so what was you? Who did you look up to, man? Coming up, did you did you have any anybody that you looked up to? Who put the football in your hand that made you think like, all right, this is my way to this is what I want to do. This is what I like to do. Um, I know y'all obviously got a whole bunch of uh, guys out of the area that's played ball, but did you have any mm-hmm. one person that you specifically tried to that you like? You know, I want I want to try to you know go down the same path this dude's going down. Um, I mean, really, it was it was. It wasn't anybody outside of my household. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was my my older brother. Um, he was like you know that dude was everything to me. He was my idol, um, and he he was a beast on the field, man. Like like he was a beast. I mean, unfortunately, like after after high school, he ended up going to Virginia State, made all conferences freshman year, towards rotated cuff, and that kind of uh, you know finished his football career. But growing up, like, I wanted, like, I was that, that little brother, like, okay, whatever you're doing, I'm doing it as well. Um, so, even, again, I, I just seeing him, I would go to his all his middle school practices and his rec league practices before I, before I started playing, and I was just, like, being all, you know, even, even at that time, like, being six, seven, eight year old, I'm, I'm like, idolizing a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, because, you know, he, he was, wasn't too far uh, older than me, so... Um, that was my dude, man, and we, you know, we still hold a tight bond today. Um, I mean, I'm a, a head football coach at a high school now, and ironically, probably like a month or two before I got a job, he got his first uh, head coaching job down in uh, Suffolk uh, in the 75. Okay. Uh, so, again, we still still pretty real close today, and um, that was, you know, that's just who I wanted to be when I was growing up. That's what's up, man. Um, so when you got to UVA, uh, what made you choose UVA? I guess was it because it was your biggest offer, D one offer? What was the what was your like like Coach London? What was your what was the reason for coming to UVA, man? Um, I guess so. It was between UVA, Richmond, or Boston College. Okay. Um, Boston College, I you know I won't go on all the way out there. I thought it was going to be too cold. Um, UVA was close. I didn't really know much about UVA. So I'm just be honest with you. I just I do remember seeing uh biscuit play like a few years before that and I used to see him on the uh you know the newspaper every once in a while but I didn't really know too much about Virginia football mm-hmm. um but when they came and I did more research and I you know took my visit and you know I want one thing was important for me was my family to be able to make my games and being that it was what two and a half hours away um, I knew they would be able to come and I you know research and learn about how the academic portion how that was you know UVA was top notch in that area too. Um, I, I mean, I didn't really know too much about the team, so I didn't I didn't know who was on the team or what guys were there. Um, but it didn't matter where I went. Again, I was just going to go as hard as I could to fight for a spot. So I didn't really get into where well, if I go here, then I might be third string or I might be fourth string. Um, you know, I just I just was going to go in and you know and play as hard as I could. I mean, and I got recruited. I don't know if y'all remember, but I when I came in. I got recruited as a safety. Um, and then, what? uh, one of the coaches. Oh. Yeah, I got recruited. I, got I remember recruited that. Safety. So I hadn't played running back up until. You were, you were, you and Leroy year. was both, you and Leroy was both recruited for safety? Me, Leroy, and Battle. Oh, wow. I didn't yep. remember that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But the day before camp, uh, Dex called me into his office. It was like, we want to start you off at cornerback. And I was like, uh, nah, you ain't put me out on that island. So um, I put, you know, I played running back my senior, my senior year. 
because uh, then I had committed my junior year. And up until that point, I had only played middle linebacker. So obviously, I was too small to be a middle linebacker. Um, but my senior year, I got a little bit of running back experience. And I asked him, you know, I asked Coach Grove if I could start off at running back. And he was like, you know, well, if you don't do well, I'll let you start. But if you don't do well, then you're going to, you know, go back to defense. I didn't think he he thought that I was going to do well because when I came in, I was uh, number seven on the depth chart behind everybody, even the walk-ons. Um, and I just kind of just went hard every day and didn't care about where I was on the depth, but I just just took my job seriously and just tried to go hard as I could. And that's all you can do. But, hey, you know, you've, been, you've been a nice safety, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, but that, that turned me off, man, when they wanted to start me off at cornerback. Like, I know my strengths, and I know what I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. You were not putting me out there with some dude who was 6'3", you know, 210 <laughs> pounds, they ran a full folk. Like, no, I, that, was, that won't happen. Yeah, I'll you on that. I feel you on that. Um, so you got to UVA, man. Um, what did you choose to study? How was your UVA experience uh, as far as academically and athletically? What was your UVA experience like? Um, academically, man, it was, a, it was a tough transition coming out of high school. I mean, I don't know why they didn't think it would be a good idea to put me in a transition program, maybe because I had a, a decent GPA. But I wasn't in a transition program like a lot of the other kids were. So, like, going straight into, like, you know, I feel like I kind of went into some of some of the classes that was for my major, like, even in my first semester. So I almost felt like I had a, what, a F, a D, or two Ds, and a B in my first semester. And the dean called me in the office and was like, you know, if you do this again, but during the second semester, you got to leave. And I was like, yeah, my mama said I can't go back. So, um, you know, I, was, I had to straighten up after that. So that was a, a hard adjustment, adjustment for me. But when I got it, I was pretty good. Um, and athletically, man, I was always kind of focused, you know, kind of, I kind of kept to myself. You know, I would try to, uh, again, just work as hard as I could. So I didn't party a lot. Um, you know, I don't, we, remember the, uh, what was it, the, the Ricky like the rookie symposium that we would have. Um, and one of the guys who, who, who did a presentation, I can't remember who it was, but he was saying like, when you drink, like you're literally like taking a step back from the, the muscles that you built over a course of time and you drink and then some of that muscles get damaged. And that kind of stuck in my head. So I wouldn't drink for a while. Um, I didn't, didn't really go out and I was just kind of focused on what I needed to do. Um, but I mean, that's, it was it was good though. I I enjoyed I enjoyed college. It was, it was good. Sounds good, man. So how was it going from a winning program, Oscar Smith Powerhouse, University of Virginia, where we were just you know trying to get to the bowl game, down seasons, up uh, a couple decent spots. How was that, man? Dealing with a I guess we can call it a losing program uh, or a middle of the road program. How was that going from Oscar uh, Smith uh, a powerhouse? I mean, it was just an, an adjustment, man. Like, literally, our head coach had every single person on the team ready to run through a brick wall for him. And, I, and you know, that was one of the biggest things that I, I noticed. It's like, you know, it's a lot of individuals on this team. Like, we, like, we're not out here playing for one another. I mean, y'all can attest to this. Like, when it did seem like we was kind of like, you know, playing for each other and playing for the head coach, that's probably when we had our best season. Um, but early on, I think that 2009 season was my first year. It just didn't seem that way. Um, but I mean, 
I don't know if it was, you know, just kind of trying to get rid of some of the bad apples that was there or, you know, just guys weren't, you know, coaches was on the hot seat. I don't know if that played a factor into it, but, you know, that was the biggest thing. It was like we weren't – I didn't feel like guys were a brotherhood. Um, so I think we, that first year we started off, we dropped three straight. Uh, then we then we won three and then lost the last six, if I, if I can remember correctly. Um, but by the end, man, I was just like, I can't wait for this season to be over. And that was the first time I had ever experienced that playing football. And I was wondering, like, is, is something, is it something with me? Am I losing the love for football or what is, what is it? And again, just like now that I can think back and reflect, it's just that, you know, I didn't feel that, like, that brother, that brotherhood. Um, I think we eventually, you know, kind of started to work towards that and kind of got there. But early on, man, it, it was it was really tough coming from a powerhouse and you know going three and three and nine your first uh, year in college. Uh, yeah, I can feel that. Um, so when you got, I guess, what was your biggest? What do you feel like you your, your one of your biggest accomplishments was? Or what do you hang your hat on as far as your UVA football career? Uh, I guess just being uh, just being a guy that everybody could depend on and being uh, unselfish um you know uh, I ain't gonna get too deep into it but a lot of things went on that I feel like you know I could have handled if I would have handled in a, a, a different way and not the way that I'm you know that I was taught to you know with some with class and dignity I could have you know been you know screaming about well I'm not getting this touches or I'm not getting this touch these touchdowns uh, you know and that just kind of you know, I wanted to be a good reflection of the way I was brought up in my parents. So, again, I wanted to uh, – I was a, a team player. Whatever the team needed me to do, I did it. Um, you know, I was a – started three years at running back. But even my, 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 my last year when, you know, special teams coordinator asked me to play special teams, I was – you know, I was the first one out there. Again, whatever the team needed um, to me to do, I was willing to do it. So I wouldn't say it's any, any, it's not anything like that deals with numbers. It's just about how, you know, I kind of approach being a team player and a leader on a team and, uh, you know, setting an example of what I want other guys to do. Um, I can't demand, you know, this second year player who wants to get a, you know, be a starting at a position. Um, I can't demand him to go 100% on special teams because, you know, he's thinking that he wants his name in the in the newspapers and on the headlines. I can't expect him to go as hard as he can or he needs to on special teams if I'm not doing it. Um, so, again, just wanting to be somebody that everybody kind of say, like, okay, when they say my name, what are they, what is the first thing they think about? And that I wanted that to be a leader. Hello? Yeah. Everybody Y'all on mute over there? I'm here. Oh, no, I'm here. I, I was on mute. I was on mute and I was talking. All right, so question. Uh, question. Unbelievable. <laughs> no, yeah, unbelievable. Question. All right, question. Uh, so, Perry, do you remember USC at USC? Yeah. Uh, Max yeah. Millions out there trying to look sweet. Now, do you remember what Max had, had on that game? Like, he, he said he had on something sweet. <laughs> And he had on a visor or something that was that was ten times too dark or something he couldn't see. Uh, but some reason they threw him the ball. He was wide open for a touchdown, and he dropped it because he was sweet. He was trying to look sweet or something. Do you remember this play that I'm referring to? I I do not remember that play. 
And if yeah, I did, I wouldn't throw my look, boy on the Not a lot of people remember. I'm going to tell you why I got lucky. This was the it was third down. This was the play right before we ran the fake punt and Colt ran all the way down, and they called okay. the illegal flag. So everyone was on that and for, totally forgot that the play before, I basically dropped the open touchdown and completely forgot about them. So I got lucky. Yeah, so Max is out there looking sweet. Max is out there trying to look sweet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, I just, I was just wondering, uh, P. Jones, you must not have noticed. P. Jones must have been too locked in. Cause I'm sure P. Jones would have said something. Hey, Max, you, you, you acting real different. You acting real different today. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh man. man, that's cool. Very kept uh, it real, man. Very kept it real. One of the funniest, tight funniest, the real moments, man. We sitting there. We watching games. So I can't remember who it was, but they were playing Alabama. I think it might have been right before the bowl game. We were going to play Auburn. They were playing Alabama. Alabama had this fullback who was about six five, like probably two nine, maybe, just clearing the way. And we're watching film. The first thing I hear Perry say, they just stand up for everybody. Dang, hey, hey, uh, Barry Gallagher, man, why can't our fullback be like that? <laughs> like, dang, P. Jones. I mean, you know, I'm doing my best out here. They just pushed me about six months ago. Max, 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 running up in the hole, getting, getting stiff legged. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Stand him up in the hole. It's hard for a guy to run when his fullback gets stared up in the hole, man. You know what I'm saying? And Matt, Matt held his own, man. Matt held his own. Oh, man, that's funny. So, um, hey, man, talk about your, your uh, going after, after, after college, man. So what happened? Did you, mm-hmm. did you pursue the NFL? Talk to us about your NFL journey and pursue the NFL uh, post-football, uh, college football career. Uh funny because I was just talking about this to one of my uh one of our old teammates yesterday I uh had a, a house woman here and I had a couple of guys stop by um and I was just you know just think again just reflecting on the past you know how we do when we get together yeah. um and I really believe it wasn't you know meant for me to to play in the NFL and I uh and I say that because you know, it's easy, you know, people, you hear people say that all the time just to kind of make an excuse about why they didn't make one. Really, they just wasn't good enough. Um, but I really honestly believe it wasn't meant for me. Um, just the way everything kind of unfolded, like after college, you know, my senior year didn't have as, you know, all went from almost rushing to 4,000 my junior year and 500 yards receiving to my senior year only having 500 yards rushing and like three or 400 yards receiving. That big drop off. Um, you know, I, my, I was uncharacteristic in, in the bowl game. Like, I, you know, I dropped the pitch, you know, on national TV. And it's like, I don't, I don't ran tall sweep a thousand times and this has never happened. And then go from there. And then my agent was horrible. Um, so, but the, they were able to get me, you know, uh, a tryout with the, with the Ravens. I mean, at the time, Ray Rice was still there, so they thought, you know, I was kind of similar to him and I would be a good fit. But I came in and I actually balled out. I, you know, outplayed the dude that they actually signed, but they still didn't pick me up. But, uh, you know, what, the reason I said my, I had it, you know, I blame a lot of it on my agents because so I got the, the tryout call that day after the draft, and then the next day, the Redskins called me and was like, we want to sign you. And I was like, cool, like, you know, being signed over a free of uh, tryout, like of course. So and I told him, like, yeah, I take it. And he was like, well, let me call your agent and get everything squared away. And I was like, cool. So I called my agent later that day, and I was like, well, when I got a report, and he was like, well, I told him no because I got you a tryout with the Ravens, and I didn't want to burn that bridge. Wow. I'm talking about somebody hot. Oh yeah, crazy. 
And it's like, that's to what, me, it's like, business-wise, business that ain't even smart for you because I would have got I would have got a signing bonus. Uh, I would have got a signing bonus, and you would have got a percentage of that. So to, for a trial, I ain't get nothing. Like, so business-wise, like, that was dumb on your part. Yeah. Um, hey, tell me a little bit about the uh, – most people don't know the politics of the NFL. As you said, you outplayed somebody at the Ravens, but he was already signed. So being signed mm-hmm. over a free ticket, you know, the signing bonus takes care of a lot of talent anyway. Yeah, which is the crazy part. So, yeah, um, yeah, because the dude that actually, like I said, I I know I outplayed him because the position coach told me that I outplayed him. But he, uh, one of his, uh, I think his position coach in college had just gotten there the year before, um, so they kept him, um, but he ended up getting cut anyway. But uh, they kept him over me. So yeah, it's a, a lot of that politics, man, is you know. We all probably done seen like guys that's in the, still in the league today, and you're like, yo, I used to do him dirty in college, and they still on the squad while you know what I'm saying we uh, sitting at home. So we probably got you know different stories like that. So it's again, it's just it's a couple things, politics, and the numbers got to be right. You know, depending on position, the team needs um, those kind of those things kind of all play a factor into it. So okay. um, it took me a while to get over it. But I, you know, I kind of accepted it after after a while. You you was about to go door knocking. I'm surprised you wasn't door knocking on your uh, on your agent's door every every, every couple of days. Like, hey, bro, hey, something don't come off, something don't pop off soon, man. You got to see me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you real, see that, me. But that's how it was though. And then, but the only you know the only thing that kind of held me back is again not knowing. You know, when I after I finish the season my senior year, I'm just trying to sign so I can. You know, so I can just go ahead and focus on football. So I'm just rushing into a decision about signing with an agent, not doing my research, and you know, just signing whatever they put in front of me, and then they, you know, put the addendum that's attached to the uh, the player contract that says, you know, I'm going to pay for your training, pay for you know, weekly stipends, food, and all that. But if you, you know, cut me or if you fire me before you sign a contract, then you got to pay all the money back. So it's like. You know, I'm just just signing away because again I'm just trying to hurry up and get a training just so I can worry about football and making a squad and come to find out like that's that's ten thousand dollars that I did not have to pay to to kind of get rid of that agent to try to find somebody else so you know I was yeah. just stuck in that situation and and that was just like during that time in my life now I was just so depressed I had never felt anything like that before I mean luckily I had my uh, my wife who was uh, my fiance at the time. You know, she really helped me through uh, through that stuff, man. And you know, I'm just you know, I made it out, so I'm I'm still here though. Did you ever try to play any other other small, um, you know, sub NFL uh, league um, teams like CFL, Arena Football League, um, semi pro, the Dom Joe, the Dom Joe League is what I call. Do you ever do any of those? <laughs> I try. I tried to. Uh, CFL, couple. Of, I had a, a couple of tryouts. Um, again, I I killed the tryouts and just nothing came of it. I don't. I mean, again, I don't know if it was because my agent won't reaching out or you know a lot of a lot of times they got they got to evaluate so many guys and if they don't hear you know from somebody like that's uh you know somebody that's representing you on your behalf if they don't hear from them, then you can probably be easily like forgotten about and I know it. I mean that's probably played a factor into it and you know but at the time like you know I just decided like it's 
we got to move on, man. Like, you can't be chasing this dream because, you know, for too long. But I know guys who was chasing it four, five, six years after the fact. And it was like, you know, are you going to continue to chase this or are you going to find out what your, what your true purpose is and chase and lay that foundation and be the best that you can be at that? Or like, why, why do you want this? Like, is it just for the money? Because if that's it, then you shouldn't be doing it in the first place. And, uh, or do you really, is this something that you really want? Or is this something that is going to allow you to, to affect change in somebody else's life? And for me, I knew that I couldn't do what I, what my purpose was, which is to reach the youth and to, to teach them um, through the lessons that I, that I learned. I couldn't do that on, on that, in the NFL. Like, and, and, you know, again, the money sounds, the money is good or whatever, but, Again, what are you doing this for? What is your purpose? And I, now, when I realized my purpose, that's when I kind of accepted not being it, not being in the NFL, and not making it. Um, so I just, you know, focused, turned all, all my energy into how can I help somebody else, the next generation. What can I do to help them? There you go. That's good, man. Uh, you know, it's a lot. It's real hard for people to, to to change that gear and that change that mindset, especially when you're good enough to play in the league. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're good enough to play in the league. And you right on the bubble, or you like feel like you're getting the short end of the stick, man. Those people, man, they they they'll chase that till they can't, till they ain't got a dollar, till they negative in their account. Yep. They they account so far yep. in the negative, you know what I'm saying? They account so far in the exactly. negative, they can't do nothing but keep trading. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they can't do that account so far in the negative, man. They like, hey, I, I got to yeah. get a contract just to pay my pay my debt. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, um. I commend the fact that you was able to move on. Like you said, I think I feel like it was a, a tough process for you. Um, but how long yeah. do you think it was? How long do you think it took you to really like figure out like, all right, man? Because um, you know, I mean, I guess when you train for the league, it's a, it's a different training schedule than if you're not in the league, right? You mm-hmm. might get to, you might train, yeah. but if you go and be training for the league, it's a it's a it's a full time job. That's how I see it. So yep. Um, yep. when did you really change that mindset? I'm gonna be like, all right, let me figure uh, out what's next. I was say. I would say probably after, um, probably after a year, um, because I again I started working. I immediately went into like the school system and, and, and coaching there. You know, like again, I I wasn't making a, a lot of money, uh, so I had to get a part time job. And once you got a you know full time job and a part time job, and it's, you leave at eight o'clock in the morning, not getting back to eight o'clock eight or nine o'clock in the, at night because you're working all day then like when you when you got time to you know to to train. So when I went to one of these like CFL workouts and I had ran the slowest time ever that I had ever ran and I knew it's because well you wasn't you, you hadn't even been training. You just out But it can't hey P Jones, it can't hey P Jones, it can't be the yeah. slowest time ever because you know Dom Joe got a time out there that I still to this day think it's the slowest time in the history of forties, Dom Joe. What was that time that you ran up there, Dom Joe? What, what was the time, Dom? What are you talking about? What what's that forty? What, remember what, they ran what, remember you ran that forty? <laughs> that was the slow the slowest time, bro. What was that forty, man? Oh, that's not well number one, that that was I think I know it was a four, eight, nine. It was eight, no, yeah. it might have been a five. It might have been a five something, man. I'm gonna give it a bug with you. <laughs> that that that's that crazy. obviously they 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 took my numbers down wrong. <laughs> nah, that's impossible, Dom. They can't take <laughs> them out that wrong. Well, we're not going. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, because all my numbers were competitive. All my numbers were competitive, right? I'm talking about I'm 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 doing good 
and everything, and then I get this. We ain't even gonna put it on. We ain't even gonna. No, put no, it no, on. no. Put it on the airways, bro. Put it on the yeah, airways. Yeah, put it on the air, dog. No, I'm not gonna put it on the air. We ain't gonna do that, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't it's gonna not true, right? It's not true. If it's not true, we can put it on the air, bro. It's yeah. just, you know what I'm saying? It's just for, huh? you know what I'm saying? It's just for giggles, man. Just put it on the air, bro. No, we ain't putting that on the air. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm past that point, man. <laughs> it was that bad. It's not true. It's not true. You know, yeah, it's not true. Let up there, Dom. You know what I'm saying? This will happen nah, to Dom Joe. This will happen to Dom Joe, man. I'll tell you guys the truth, man. Since he don't want to, you know what I'm saying, live his truth. You know, he's still chasing the NFL. He don't want that bad number out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys the truth. All right? This is what happened. Dom Joe, you know how to give you the numbers for the little... Dom, it's like a regional combine or something like that. They give you the numbers. Dom Joe, the dude next to Dom Joe was probably like a lineman or something, like the dude in front of him or behind him. And they just actually, they just probably switched up the wrong numbers. The dude, the lineman probably ran like a 4-6, 4-5, um, whatever Dom Joe was. And then the lineman probably ran like 5-2. So I think they, caught, they got Dom Joe in the books at 5-2. But the reason he found the reason they found it the reason oh, he found no. it out oh, no. the reason <laughs> the reason he found this out though was because you know what I'm saying he was so he was, you know what I'm saying you know how you do you leave the combine you like man I gotta know my numbers bro I gotta know my numbers so Dom Joe's in the car he's riding down the street heading home he said nah I gotta I gotta figure out my numbers he whips it back around U turns in the middle of the street comes back down there he taps on some some old white man with the with the clipboards. <laughs> With the clipboard, <laughs> he <laughs> said, with the old man with the clipboard, and said, "Hey, Mister, sir, can I? Uh, you think you can tell me what I ran on that forty? He's like, "What's your number, sir?" This, da, 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 da. this is my number. He said, five two. Oh, I'm five two. That can't be right. That can't be right. He's like, talking about I'm losing it, bro. Sal Joe was hot for the rest oh, of the day. Man. Man. <laughs> Sal Joe was hot, boy. <laughs> oh man, that's definitely one of the funniest stories, man. Sal Joe, man, you funny. But um, go ahead, man. We'll go ahead. Let, Dom, do you got something you want to say before I go and let P. Joe finish? I mean, you know, the what happened was, no, it was already up on the website. It was already oh. up on the website, so I was on my way home. <laughs> right? And I'm looking, right? And 40 is the last number. So, you know what I mean? My my broad jump, good, boom. Vert, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anything above a 33 for me in a vert was, was acceptable. You know what I'm saying? So I was cool, boom. <laughs> Right, I kill my L drill. I'm talking about flame my L drill, flame my flame my five ten five, and then I go to the forty, and I see four nine. I'm like, oh hell no, <laughs> hell no. So I had to go turn around. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm causing a scene. I'm causing a scene. Like, oh y'all took my number down wrong. This ain't it. Let me run it again right now. Let me run it again right. Like, I, these numbers don't make sense. Listen what I get on everything else. <laughs> oh man, that cracks me up every to this day, boy. That cracks me up to this day, I man. So I can see Dom Joe running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to trying to rerun the force, trying to rerun the force. Hey, hey man, I was so self conscious. I got Bree. I was so self conscious. I got Bree out the house when I got home, and, and said, "Hey, we gotta go to the field real quick." <laughs> you just had to make sure was it true, Dom? Dom Joe would have ran a forty. Dom Joe ran a forty in front. Dom Joe bumped up a forty in front of his house. He bumped up a 40 on the street. Get <laughs> <laughs> real quick. Oh, man. Yeah, man. And that, no. y'all know, y'all know for a fact, Dom Jones, ain't no way I could, ain't no way I could be D1. Man, you know what I'm saying? It was, it hey, was, man, you know, you, just, you never, you never know, man. You never know, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Dom, you got to tell us, man. You got to explain to us, Dom. We know, we know Dom Jones, man. Oh, that, hey, Mac. Hey, Mac. 
only thing I can do is say you only as good as your last number. That was that's Dom Joe's last forty. That wasn't my last number though. Uh, uh, I that, did. Was good. that was my oh, last number. Hey, it was it was posted online. You gotta go off with time. Hey Max, this is what I told him. No, 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 no. Go on NFLScout.com. Go off that number. That's the fourth. You know, Dom told me about this. You know, that's the last day that Dom told me because I was having a field day. I was making. I was getting his anxiety up. You know what I'm saying? All that. I was like, hey, Dom, they, they ain't never going to call you. I don't care if you run 4-2 the next time. They never going to call you if they're 4-9s on the bus. They can't go 4-5, 4-4, 4-9, 4-3, 4-3, 4-3. only thing they're going to be like, what the hell is this 4-9? You know what I'm saying? Dom, like, yeah, I got to get that change, bro. I was like, yeah, you got to get that change. So, so uh, go ahead, P. Jones. I'm sorry for that, man. We we uh, we had to diverge onto that little funny story right there. But go ahead, man. Tell us so you... You was work, you you wasn't working out and you end up you know performing bad at a at a uh, combine opportunity. What was after that, yeah. man? I mean, and after that, like you know, again, I I kind of just had to sit down and do some self reflection and just say like, you know, why do you really want this? And if you know, then I kind of had to start thinking about like, you know, what what's next? And I feel like now. That's one of the things I get to like share with these these guys now, because you know, especially you know, in the black community, with young boys, we're told like we put a ball in our hands at a young age, and it's like you're gonna be in the NFL, you're gonna be in the NFL. I mean, you're told that literally for the first 22 years in your life, and nobody ever asks you like, well, what are you gonna do if football doesn't work out? And if somebody does ask it to you, then well, you know, we don't have anybody else that can show us. Well, at least I didn't. I didn't have anybody that could show me, you know, okay, well, you know, if you want to be, you know, uh, a business owner of, of this, whatever this industry is, then I can show you how to get there if you don't make it in football. Like, we didn't have that, you know, where I'm from. Um, so, again, I just being told my entire life I was going to be in the NFL, like, that's where I think the, the pressure kind of came from. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one of the biggest things that I kind of share with my guys now. I'm like, look, it sounds cliche and people say, you know, have a plan B. Or, you know, you might even hear people say, don't have a plan B because then that takes away from plan A. I completely disagree with that. I do think these these kids, you know, especially these young black boys, need to have, you know, a, a backup plan because, again, and even if you do make the answer, it does not last. So you got to have something to fall back on. So I just kind of, you know, kind of started to, to actually, you know, not even just telling myself that, but actually believing it myself. Because I can easily tell it to a younger guy, and he's going to believe it because it's coming from me, but do I actually believe in myself? And once I kind of started to, you know, believe in myself, that's when, you know, things kind of started to change. I was I was recently... I appreciate you telling them that, parents, because I think it's, yeah. it's important, man, that these kids know that, and, you know, they fall into a trap. They think that's their only way out, and that's all yep. they can do. Because I was, it's, I was it's small, far and few between. But go ahead, Chase. I was recently, I just recently, literally before I got on here, screenshotted a picture that was posted on somebody's IG story, and it was two black kids playing basketball, and it was like one kid was trying to like dunk on the other kid, but instead of the hoop, the artist put a noose, like a hanging noose, like a noose that they hang black used to hang black kids from, and yeah. basically it was like a picture of this sport. Looks like it's fun and an opportunity, but really it's kind of like you know, killing, killing everything else, right? It's actually like exactly, a, exactly. 
it's, it's killing everything else that you know you could potentially become. It's actually boxing everybody in to to yeah. think that this is what you can do and what you can't do. And a few people that get do get some opportunity with it or get some money from it usually don't have the wherewithal to um, capitalize off the money made, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the money ends up, you know, either disappearing or it goes into stupid things that aren't worth, you know, where generational wealth is going to come into. Um, so I got a qu- um, another next question is, you know, Perry, Perry's a, a father. Um, when did, when did, did, your, did your daughter being born play into these decisions in this, this, this timeline at all? Did she, like, early on? Like, before she was here, did it, did it? Yeah, like, yeah, that? like, when you was playing, when you was playing ball, I don't know when the timeline is, but, you know, did that really mm-hmm. try to, like, you know, that, I'm sure that would speed up your decision making and our process as far as, like, you know, I really need to figure out what, what I'm about to do. I don't got time. I need more time at home. You know what I'm saying? You said you was going eight to eight, those type of things, like, um, yeah. How did that play into it becoming a father or just in, in, in your life in general? Yeah, I mean, at, at that time, like, my, my daughter wasn't here yet, but I knew, like, you know, I was going to get married and, you know, have a daughter pretty soon or a child pretty soon. Um, so, again, I just wanted to be able to kind of start laying that foundation because, you know, again, I this was in what, 2013, 14. I got married in 15. Um, my daughter was here in 17. So um, I knew my life in that aspect was going to kind of, you know, happened that quickly, you know, I just wanted to, to kind of get settled early. And um, so, you know, knowing that I was going to have a child soon, I wanted to be able to, you know, to, you know, just lay some, lay, lay some foundation for my family and just kind of build off of that. You know, yeah, the, you know, signing a contract for, uh, you know, a couple million dollars in the NFL, yeah, that would have been a nice boost. Um, but again, like, how do I know that I would even still have that money today? Um, you know, just, you know, just having, just being ignorant to a lot of things. Um, you know, um, you hear about all the time about, you know, you give a, a young black man um, a million dollars to someone who ain't never had no money in his life and then you expect him to be able to kind of manage it in a proper way. And a lot of times it, you just can't maintain that lifestyle after you're done with football. So, you know, understanding that I was in, that I had my family and I was trying to, you know, lay the foundation for that. You know, I just kind of had to switch gears and you know, kind of get away from, you know, actually playing football. So, what made you decide that you wanted to start coaching? Um, obviously, right now you're the head football coach. How did that? How did that even come about? How did you move up the ranks so quickly to to becoming the head football coach? Um, I mean, I I reached out to a couple. Um, I mean, I think I always knew that I wanted to be a head coach, you know, just the type, even just the type of teammate that I tried, I tried to be. Um, I think it, you know, I, I definitely try to show some, you know, some coaching tendencies, even as a player. So, I, you know, and again, what's the next, the best thing to play in? It's coaching. You know, I, I think I had learned a lot over the years and I could, you know, help the next generation, you know, not only, you know, with the things that I that I learned on the field, but also with the things that I learned off the field. So, again, once I, I found my purpose was to affect the youth, and you know, like, what's a platform that I could that I could get into that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be a platform that they actually listen to. And again, all these young boys, they love sports. 
okay, well, I'm going to be a coach. Because they'll take what I say. Somebody, somebody else can say the exact same thing, but they'll take it from. They'll take it better from me because I'm. I've been where they want to, where they want to eventually go. Um. So yeah, that 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 was you know that was important for me, man. Just just trying to figure out the, the purpose, and once I got that, everything else kind of kind of took care of itself. Solid, solid. So Max, Don, what you guys got? And you guys just took my question, man. But um, what are the uh, new, like, new challenges being a head coach, man? Because especially at your age, you know what I'm saying? Most people aren't head coach of a football team so young. So what is, what kind of challenges are you facing now becoming the head coach? Um, I mean, I've always kind of been, like, preparing myself to be a head coach. So um, I was always one of the assistant coaches who, you know, when every, when all the players left or, all the other assistant coaches left, like I would stay back and kind of say like, all right, what you need? What do you got? So that kind of gave me some in, uh, some insight on what it takes outside of the X's and the O's. Um, but actually being in that position is a lot different, man. Like you, you wear so many hats and it's crazy. Like, you know, like, you know, handling, handling physicals, making sure they got that, you know, dealing with parents, painting the lines on the field, um, ordering uniforms, making sure they got mouthpieces. You know, doing equipment checks, fitting guys for helmets, like all that, like all that stuff is just like it just kind of came at one time because I I kind of got in the position that I'm in now. I kind of got in it late because coach just decided to up and step down. Um, but even then, like you know, once the the coach stepped down, like it wasn't even in my plans to apply for the coaching job. But once he told the team, and um, you know, they actually. It was probably within a matter of 15 or 20 minutes. I probably had, like, 25 kids texting me, like, Coach, we need you to kind of come in and be our head coach. And that, again, you know, that's something that, you know, even though I wanted to be a head coach, I didn't think it would be this early. So I kind of kind of shied away from it. But then I realized, okay, well, again, are you, are you just kind of t- taking a step back because you don't want to do it right now? But when you know your purpose, it's like – these kids need you. This group, of, this particular group of kids, they need you. So uh, you need to to step up to the plate. It's just kind of the conversation that I had with myself in, the, in my head. Um, so yeah, just just kind of learn all the other stuff outside of the X's and the O's, man. That stuff comes fast. But you know, again, the more the more the longer I'm in it, the, the easier the, it'll become. That's what's up, man. I think um, a common thing with you, man. Is like you're a great leader, but in order to be a great leader, you got to be a great servant too. You know what I'm saying? And I think you haven't said it yet, but like you always put yourself, um, you put you always putting others before yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like how can I help yeah. these people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do they need from me? Like what can I give? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think that's a very big uh, thing that a lot of people overlook. In order to be a good leader. A great leader's got to be a great servant as well. Yeah, definitely. More power okay. to my man, Perry Jones. Max Million, what does Max Million got for a question within the running backs room? Max. The next partying again. Man, Sorry, I was, on, I was on mute, man. <laughs> hey, hey, look, look. It's a lot, okay? I was on mute. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, Perry Jones, he don't put his head through a wall no matter what you ask him to do. No mm-hmm. questions asked. 
just want to make sure everyone knows that my main man. He was actually good enough. He came out and took my spot. That's why I switched to fullback. You know, I just know I couldn't compete <laughs> with him. So, <laughs> but nah, man, we appreciate. It. Hey, but, hey, um, ran from ran from the smoke. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> Relax. <right? laughs> Look, uh, just tell them out there, Terry. You know, I know you talk a little bit about your transition and then, um, you know, why the got head coach kind of fell and the kids wanted to do it, but. What did you do to, did you do anything to prepare for it when you kind of just jumped in there or were you kind of just like, I mean, I guess, you know, once again, it seems the team has been, it hasn't really been planned of what you thought you were going to do, but just kind of dropped your lap. So what kind of is that transition like? Um, Again, like, I mean, luckily, like the, you know, the kids, they, they really had my back and they was vouching for me. Like they even went to as far as, you know, before I even had an interview, they like kind of made like a a twenty like slide presentation to give to the principal as to why I should have the job um, over anybody else. Um, so, and then when I when I actually got in, you know, I had I had a lot of help from you know the community and the uh, the, the coaches that was there before. I gave a I gave the opportunity of the coaches who was there last season to kind of come back if they wanted to, and the guys that decided. You know they kind of, you know they kind of been helping me pick up some of the slack. So I mean, again, I don't, I don't always feel like it's just me, which is a good thing. You know, so as you come in the, in the head spot, and if you feel alone, or just try to put too much on your shoulders, then you'll burn out quick. So um, just trying to do a little bit more. <laughs> I heard y'all talking about it earlier, but just trying to do a little bit more delegating um, is it, it, helping me out. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been pretty good so far. Also, um, to we are a lot of this podcast we talk about athletes who, you know, our whole lives we've been, you know, playing the sport and it usually gets taken from us before we are ready. Does coaches mm-hmm. still staying around it make it easier or kinda of harder for you to, you know, know that kinda of, you know you don't play football anymore? Uh it it actually makes it easier. Um I didn't think it would. Um but you know, it de- it definitely makes it easier. But you do have to show these kids like I used to, I did this. I, I did this. So I'll go out there and I'll be the scout team quarterback or, you know, line up that receiver, run one-on-ones with them at the practice. So um, you definitely still get that competitive itch. You know, it comes out. Uh, but, yeah, for me, it, it was a, you know, it kind of took my mind off of, you know, I'm not playing anymore. Um, and it shifted to, like, okay, how can I help these guys get to where they want to get to? Um, so yeah, for, for me, it made, it made it a little bit easier, a little bit manageable. You out there, Perry, don't tell me, Perry, don't tell me you out there wearing cleats. You wearing cleats to practice like, like Dom Joe? <laughs> every day. Every day. Yeah. You wear cleats oh, to practice every day? talking about, man. Yeah, every man. Every day. I'm, at, I'm out there. That's what I'm talking about, man. Go ahead, Perry. Yeah, we thought Dom Joe was the only, we thought Dom Joe was the only person. Recently, Dom Joe, uh, was in a fight with his kids. Like against the other team, you know what I'm saying? He was in a fight with his kids against the other team, and I told him like, man, maybe if you take your cleats off, you won't feel like you're a part of the, you know what I'm saying? Like you won't, you won't feel like you got to be out there with him. So uh, you got to have him, man. That's just the way I rock, bro. You know what I'm saying I saw when my, my young boy was getting, he was at the bottom of the pile, man. I had to go get him out of there. I had to go get him. Let him know. I had to get him out of there. You know what I'm saying? Hey, all the other kids on the sideline waiting to see what happens in the scrap. Dom Joe out there. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing I can respect about <laughs> Dom Joe. Out of all the fights, out of all the fights I might have started in practice, man, 
Dolph Joe was always always headed that way, man. I ain't never seen him on film sitting back there waiting to see what happened over there. You know what I'm saying? He was always in, in the mix, man. That's why I can rock with Dolph Joe right now. You right about that. You right about that. So it's all good. Um, well, man, I guess let's talk about this topic right here then. Let's talk about this topic of separation. And I'm going to talk about the fact of how do you separate yourself? What trait or what character trait in you is what you, is what's going to like, is what you lean on or what you hang your hat on to separate yourself when it's competition. And I think I'm going to know the answer to most of these, but let's go ahead and start with uh, Dom Joe. Dom Joe, what's your separator that, that separates you from the competition? Cause you go hang your hat on when it's time to, when it's time to, uh, you know, go mono or mono. What, what separates you from somebody else? Uh, you talking about in business or in sports? Dom Joe and just your character. Life. Your character. Character, my I would say, man, my ability to get the job done under any circumstances, man. Um, however you want to put it, man. Uh, bottom line is, I'm a, uh, I, I go, I don't stop until the job's done. You know what I'm saying? So I would say, what, my competitiveness? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't even know I don't even know how to explain it right now. You know what I'm saying? Just the bottom line is, yo, where we at? You know what I'm saying? You say get him, I say got him. And we're going to get there. You know that's, one thing, that's one thing I know. You feel me? So um, that's, that's my competitive edge, man. I feel like when it comes down to getting something done, a lot of people might quit. The bottom line is, man, I don't quit, and I always get the job done. No matter how, no matter how it gets done, we're going to get there. Yeah, damn. Solid. Max, yeah. what's your separator? Dom kind of took mine, man. But, you know, I, just, I was doing the Coach Grove find a way to win before he even told me that. But I just take that to heart, man. The one thing people know about me is it may not be pretty. I may not always know what I'm doing at first, but I, I can promise you this. If, if I couldn't figure it out, I tried at least a million times, and there ain't no way to do it. But if there's a way for it to get done, it's going to get done by me. And that's just always how I've been. It don't matter what the task you just tell me to do it, and uh, you know, no questions asked. I'm gonna figure it out. Get it done, Terry Jones. What's your separator? Um, I would definitely say it's probably just outworking everybody. You know, just always kind of thinking like, okay, I can't chill right now because somebody else is out there is doing something. So even like, you know, when I played, you know, and again, one of those people who I knew, we even though we were teammates, I knew they was working constantly was, was was Chase. I knew Chase was doing something. So I was like, all right, you know, because he motivated me. And, every, you know, every once in a while we kind of, you know, team up and, and then, you know, run, uh, running you hard together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, not even just, you know, my, my own team, but even guys, you know, I knew I was fighting against uh, somebody out there that was going to, you know, we were trying to make the same uh, NFL spot as me. I knew he was out there. You know, and I, I knew I had to outwork him. So that that was my thing. Like I had to outwork everybody until until I couldn't do no more. You know, even when I thought I wanted to rest, I couldn't because somebody else was out there working. So that that's what I, I lean on. Same here. I, I lean on that same thing, man. Trying to outwork, uh, trying to put in more time, more effort towards whatever it is that I'm going towards. So you know, one thing that we control is our effort. So that's real. I forget about the new hall steps. New hostels ain't nothing to play with, man. They knocked them new hostels down. Nah, that oh. ain't no joke. That ain't no joke at all. Yeah, and you know it's a little hot in there too. You gonna get a good, you gonna get a good lather. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get a good laugh at it, man. Um, the U-Haul steps is a different degree than regular steps. That's a different angle. You know, probably one of the – out of all the workouts I probably tried at University of Virginia, probably the one that I'm probably most – the one that sticks out to me the most uh, was – hey, Max, you know, you never did a workout with us, Max. You never – Dr. Noel, have you ever <laughs> seen did, that short extra workout? Yeah. Huh? I, I, know, I, know, I know you Max. remember when I, I was there in, yeah, in the parking garage that JPJ pushed the truck. Oh, you, so. was, pushing the tr- you was pushing the, uh, the JPJ? Jenkins truck. Pushing JPJ or Jenkins old white truck up there, up that giant. I was there with y'all boys. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. The, one, the one that I remember the most that I was like, yo, what the hell was I thinking on this joint? Was when we was running Scott Stadium steps. I don't even know who was out there with me. But we had a, I had a weighted vest. I had a weighted vest, <laughs> and, and only one person, only one person could wear the weighted vest a, a rep. You know what I'm saying? So we wasn't running like all the steps. So we would start like, um, we would start like, um, I don't know. You know where the hills at? We would take like three, three staircase over, and we'll run up and down the steps until you got to the hill, and then you'll run around the top of the the hill part, like on the concrete. You run around the top of the hill part, and you'll come back down, and you'll do those steps, the next three uh, steps on the other side, and then we'll go back across the field. So it's kind of like half of the stadium mm. with a little bit of a sprint in there. Mm. Uh, and we had a weighted vest, and we, I only had one of them joints, so I was like, I ain't going to wear this weighted vest the whole time. You know, Pete Jones, he probably wear the weighted vest the whole time. So I'll be like, hey, man, this is what we're going to do. You get one rep to wear this weighted vest, and when you put this weighted vest on, that means you got the team on your back. <laughs> that means you got the team on your back. All right? So, I'm going to need you to finish strong when you got that weighted vest on, man. So, uh, yeah, that's the type of dumb stuff we was doing. When, you, when, you, when, you look, when you're doing it, it don't seem dumb. But when you look back on it, you be like, man, what was, what was we out there doing? You know what I'm saying? What was we out there doing? Dom, yeah, was you out there doing? Hey, yeah, bro, I didn't miss a wolf pack, was y'all, man. And you got to yeah. think about it, man. What we do after that year, man? Went went to a bowl game, man. You know what I'm saying? I think that I think that really set the tone and the culture for the season because we got a couple freshmen out there with us too, and uh, all the fre- I think all the freshmen that worked out with us actually wound up playing like a lot. I know little Trey was out there. No, I, I think it's the first time the team brought in to be honest in a while. Okay. I mean, we didn't go out during the week. We didn't drink. Boiling well, dance night was no longer a thing. It was the first time the team really bought in in a while that I saw for real. Yeah, I guess so. And, <laughs> that's the same, that's the same, that's the same year we went down to, uh, I mean, this was the thing, though. We went down to Florida State, P. Jones, you know what I said, 33. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a forever embellished, for everybody that don't know, P. Jones is at the, they got your picture down there in the new, in the new, uh, the new indoor arena from Florida, from Florida State. Yeah. From the Florida State game, yeah. So uh, you know, we went down to Florida State, bust them boys. Went down to Miami, bust them boys. Uh, he I jumped mean, off to do a touchdown in Miami. That's what I was talking about. Right? That's exactly what I was talking about. When I was saying, put the put that weighted vest on, you putting the team on your back. You know what? <laughs> That's what I was talking about right there, yeah, man. We got to we, we gotta go down there. We got to go down there, and everybody's against you. Everybody's everybody expects you to lose. You know what I'm saying? You gotta say, nah, man. Come on, put the team on my back. Let's go. What's up? Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Put the team on my back. So, I already know, man. I got a lot of respect for Perry Jones. And, you know, whatever he's going to do, he's going to be successful at it. Football, 
basketball, but P. Jones be a be a five eight center. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna get the job done. <laughs> so uh I ain't worried about one one person I ain't worried about was Perry Jones heading out of heading out of school, man, because at the end of the day you hang your hat on the right thing and you get the job done. So man, congratulations hey, real to everything that, that you're whole doing. crew, man. Shout out to that whole crew too, man. Roy, Tim Smith, Battle. I, I was never really worried about none of them, man. They, 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 them young boys are ready to scrap, man. You know what I'm saying? They're 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 right. my right there, for real. Straight up, man. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and Max Million has the gas of the week. And you know what? This is Always perfect ready, because, baby. You know what I'm saying? This is perfect because we got a running back, our first running back guest on the podcast outside of Max. You know, we just haven't really stopped any. Oh, no, KP was on here, too. KP was on here. So, three running backs. We got three running backs on the podcast. It's hard for us to find any good running backs. We've got to get Kurt on here. You know what I'm saying? Try to get Kurt or show. Oh yeah, or show. Oh man. man. Um, or show. P. Jones, man, tell everybody where we can reach you at. Um, where we can reach you at, West Socials and things like that. And somebody want to come play for you? How they would? How they would reach out to you and go that route? Um, my social media is Soup Jones S U P E Jones. Um, on Twitter and um Instagram. Um, you can also follow my my high school. Uh, Glenn Allen F uh, football was Glenn Allen FB on Twitter. Um, yeah, man, just just follow us and just keep us see what we're doing throughout the season. Um, keep tracking our guys, man, and you know just just again just just show showing us support, man. So y'all can follow me there or follow my team and just keep keep an eye on us. But uh, Max gonna give us a gas of the week. Hopefully it's a good one. He's not ready. This ain't this isn't a strong suit. I'm gonna tell you this. And we might give P. Jones an opportunity. I don't give too many. I don't give too many people an opportunity to deliver the gas of the week. But you will see what Max does. All right, Max, let's see what you got. Look, if I get that nine to three. Look, gas of the week. Hey, respect is only earned, never given. Don't get out here coming on trying to yell and tell your people what to do if you ain't want to do it first. Then they ain't gonna get it done. But that's the gas of the week, and we out, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, always man. good. Hey, hey, hey Max, you, you, know, you, 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 you don't get a chance. You don't get a. You don't get to close it out. All right? you, you don't get to say, "I right? and we out." You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, that's my role, man. I close it out. I close it out. Hey, Pete Jones, man. Hey, Pete Jones, man. You got any? No, 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 no. Sit down, bro. Hey, Pete Jones, man. You got anything? Any last words that you want? The guests to take away <laughs> from this podcast, man. Anyway, anything that they should live by, or any type of motivational uh, quote, or anything you want to give us, man. Anything that you live by that you try to stand by. Uh, I mean, I guess just do the right things, man. Like it's only in my mind, it's only one way to do things. And that's the right way. And, you know, a lot of times it might take you a little bit longer than the, than the next man. But again, if you're doing the things the right way, eventually you're gonna get yours, man. You know, you kind of get rid of that that spirit of comparison and what this man got and what that man got, and just focus on you. And then you can't go wrong, man. So you know, that's why I'm at with it. I'm on mute. I'm on mute, man. I said, and now we out, and we'll holler at you guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's it for today's episode. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow us on Instagram at CTC Podcast. Catch you next week.